0: Today's message uh, is entitled, Shining the Light of Christ. And what does it mean for us to shine the light of Christ, right? And that's the question I want to start us off here this morning is, what does it mean to shine the light as a Christian, right? Because there's so many misunderstandings that are tied to this where sometimes we feel like, oh, we have to be loud because the world is loud. (laughs) Or we have a misunderstanding thinking that we need all the answers before we can give an answer. Or some people think, oh, we have to be political because the world's political. And we get into all kinds of confusion. And even when we think of evangelism, it's kind of like, ooh, you know, (laughs) I'm going to probably start beef with somebody. That's what evangelism seems to be like. These are not what God intended for shining the light of Christ to be. And we can see that through today's passage. And that's what we'll be kind of going through today. Our first point, as we kind of think through what it means to shine the light of Christ, we have to understand that God has called us as light. Let's uh, read this verse 14 together. Here we go. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So light shines in the darkness. Common sense, right? But what does this mean? It means that you have the light of Christ. And when you go into the world that is around you, that is stuck in darkness, you have to understand that you actually matter a lot. This is something that we have to have in mind when we carry this identity as a Christian. It's not that, oh, you know, I have to um, just be some kind of conflict maker (laughs) or I have to cause trouble or anything like that. But you have to understand that the light that you carry in Jesus Christ is shining in a place where there is no light. And if there's no light, then that field is in trouble. But that's why you matter. Because the closest thing to Christ that people will get to is you. People don't want to go to church. People don't want to seek Jesus Christ on their own. You know? So then how in the world are they going to encounter Christ? It's through, it's through you. Does it mean you have to be perfect? Not at all. That's another misunderstanding. Oh, I can only be a light of Christ once I am perfectly Christian. False. So many people that I know have been hurt by that, like in terms of, oh, I have to be, they say like, oh, I I don't tell my coworkers I'm a Christian because they expect blah, 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 or I don't want to put that kind of pressure on myself. And I'm like, it's okay. If, you're, if you are not, not completely right, that is fine. I think it makes more of an impact when people can see that there's a process going in your life more than you being perfect. You being perfect will actually, you know, push people away from you. <laughs> it's the fact that you're imperfect, but you have the perfect God within you that makes this a witness. It's not that you have to be perfect. So you matter. And it says that city set on a hill. When you see a city that is bright and shining, do people, people go like, uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> no, you, people are attracted to the city. And this is something that we have to understand. There's an attraction to this gospel that we have but people make it into something that it's not, right? And we have to understand that we are people that have something of worth. And this is something that we have to understand, that what we have, what we possess in the gospel is an answer that the world actually needs. It's just that we haven't unpacked it in our lives. We haven't, you know, personalized it to the point where we don't know how it looks like day to day. We, we know how it looks like on Sunday when we're around fellow believers, but we don't know how it looks like on Monday when I go to work or when I get to class or when I get to, you know, my next appointment or what, what have you. And this is something that we have to start seeing. What does it mean for God to call me as light? And this light shouldn't be hidden. Because there is an attraction to it. We're not to be hidden. Let's read verse 15 together. Here we go. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Amen. How is light made useful? When it shines towards the darkness, right? But the problem is light is shining towards light <laughs> if you shine a flashlight at somebody that's flashing a flashlight back at you what are you guys doing <laughs> it doesn't doesn't really make an impact right you're actually maybe wasting the battery that way right it only makes sense when you shine the light where it is dark so in a lot of ways our time spent with god outside of the walls of the church in a way, is more important. We come to church to receive God's word, and then we go out to shine the light. A lot of people stay stuck in Christian communities just shining light on each other who is already light. And sometimes, even, even throughout the Bible, when the early church was like that, God scattered them, right? Through tribulation or through hardships because His desire is, go, shine the light into the darkness. That's what makes sense. Stop shining the light at each other. It doesn't make sense. That's how much so this is in God's heart. God doesn't want this light. It's not you. It is Christ in you that is shining. And that light should not be hidden. So how does that look like in reality? How does that look like when we are shining before others? Let's go to verse 16. Let's read this together. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We have to understand that we shine because Christ is shining on us. Um, And that's what we see throughout the Bible. We see that Christ, he says in John 8, 12, that he is the light and he has given, given us this light, which is the light of life. And because we have this light of life, this is the same light that we see in Genesis 1, 3 the light of creation, is working in us so that we can bring life to dead places, to bring life to hearts that are dying around us. We have to look at what Jesus did. What did he do? He did the work to break down this pattern of darkness, this separation from God. Being stuck in sin and under Satan's authority. Did Jesus go to the people, the sinners, and go, You're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, like you're, you're never going to change. What's wrong with you? Was that Jesus' ministry? Not at all. He went to the sinners, he ate with them, and he gave them good news. What was that good news? You don't have to stay stuck in sin. You don't have to allow sin to be your identity. You have a greater identity. He was giving them a way out of sin because that part of society was made stuck to just continue in that way, continue living in sin, continue to be kicked out. Jesus came to give good news. You're not there to remain there in sin. This is the way out. It's through me that you can break. Break through to God and have a relationship with him. It's through me that you can break through sin. Through me that you can overcome Satan's lies. That's what Jesus was showing to his field And what takes place is genuine worship, right? Just like the verse that we read, the second part of it, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Good works doesn't necessarily mean just, you know, feeding the poor and all that stuff. Because there's a lot of non-Christian organizations that are doing that, right? But what does good works actually mean? It's this work of sharing life with those who have no option, who, have no, who feel like their backs are against the wall. When you start to receive answers, when, when you're stuck in that kind of circumstance and situ- situation, genuine worship starts to take place, where it's not I'm worshiping because I am a Christian and that's my duty, <laughs> but it becomes a time of thanksgiving a time to give thanks to God. And what ends up happening is you're building this genuine faith, genuine relationship with God. We have to understand we need help. And so we need the right perspective. And sometimes that's hard, especially when we see our limitations. And there are parts of us we're like, I don't think I'm ever going to change. Or that part of me is not going to change. Or it's not going to improve. Or we might say that about somebody else. They're never going to change. They're never going to improve. We have to understand we need help to have the right perspective. I had this uh, conversation last night because I went to a wedding. And I met a person that I haven't seen in, I don't know, three years. So this person, uh, she is an encourager uh there's no like english equivalent that really makes sense (laughs) um but it's like an encourager which is a church officer or some people call them senior deaconesses so um so I, i had a great conversation with her and we were catching up and she told me a very heartbreaking story um where her daughter youngest of three kids um she had some health issues, and they couldn't figure out what it was. And she went to get, you know, um, that traditional Korean uh, medicinal herbal, you know, hanyak. <laughs> and um, trying to figure out what's wrong. And in doing so, the condition of her daughter was getting worse. And um, the person that was giving the medication was saying, you know, just wait. It'll, it'll do its thing. And the more they waited, the worse it seemed to be getting. So she took her daughter to the emergency room and uh, they discovered that she has type 1 diabetes, um, which is, for those who know, it's, it's serious. Uh, type 2, it, you can kind of work it out through diet and stuff like that, but type 1, you can, you can if, if your sugar levels are too low, you, you'll, you'll die like or if your sugar high level is too high it it messes with your health and this little one you know um, like in elementary school she's struggling with this and the doctors told her if you've come like two hours later she could she could have died so she was shocked and she went through like a very not so great time uh, in her life as you can imagine uh, very sad, depressed, um, trying to figure out what to do. And even her daughter, too. Um, was like, why is this happening to me? And through a, through a retreat, through a time where um, the daughter got to just, you know, kind of get away from life a bit, she received grace from God where her perspective changed. And when I'm being, when I'm saying like have the right perspective, I don't mean be positive all the time, because that's very difficult, <laughs> and you get burnt out trying to be positive all the time. But there's something that God showed her, this daughter uh, of this encourager, and. While this encourager, this was in a lot of disbelief and like, you know, hurt by the whole situation, her daughter said something that really changed everything, where she's like, Mom, I think I know why, you know? I'm, I'm, you know, that God allowed this to happen. There are people, there's a lot of kids in that emergency room that are more sick than me. And I didn't see them before and i i I can start to see where God is leading me towards, and once she heard what her daughter was saying, this little kid, she was like that disbelief that was in her heart melted away, and yes, it's an ongoing process, and you know there's going to be a lot more challenges that come their way, but there but they have the right perspective. There's so many people that are completely well. They don't have type one diabetes, but they are miserable without hope. What's the point of great health if you're miserable on the inside? What's the point of having great wealth if you're miserable deep down in your soul? These material things are worth very little when you don't have an answer to these spiritual and mental problems. Though this life is young and the problem is big, she has purpose. She has a reason to live. And this is something that we need healing from, where so many times we hold on to past scars, and those past scars lead to present problems. It really guides us to live a certain way. And it leads to future worries. But that's where we need healing. That God will take hold of our past scars. So that we can start seeing with God's perspective our current problems. So that we can see a path towards the future. We do that by starting a prayer that is personalizing who christ is we talk about this a lot that jesus christ that jesus he is the christ and by being the christ he fulfills these three offices of prophet priest and king but we have to personalize that as our prophet he is my way my truth and life when i'm lost i turn to him personally to find my way. When I'm surrounded by the lies of Satan, right? If I feel like I'm being pressed on all sides and that's all I see, he is my truth so that I can see beyond those lies. And when I feel like I have no strength and I'm dead inside, he is my life. As priest, I trust in who God is to give my sins to him and he is my forgiveness and it's me trusting in that forgiveness it's not a conditional forgiveness in terms of you do this for me and then I'll think about it <laughs> you know, it's a forgiveness that comes through that relationship with Christ but that forgiveness is given to you and we have to take it and build that relationship with Christ through that forgiveness. And he is my king who has given me authority to start fighting back against what Satan is doing, the lies that we see culture falling into. Um, we need to fight for our field. We need to fight for our school. We need to fight, not in terms of you know billboards and all that stuff, but really fight in prayer. We need to see what the state of our workplace our school actually is like what are people struggling with you know get to know people see what's going on see how they actually are not just the you know water cooler conversations but you know getting to know people personally and in doing so god gives us wisdom god gives us the word that is needed at the right time to share good news with people that are around us. That's the type of church that we need to be. A church that, yes, we are gathered here, but we're gathered here to take the word to see the fulfillment of it. Today's word is for us to shine the light. And I don't, I'm not asking you to do something you know, out of the ordinary or uh, make noise or make sure you take a bullhorn with you this time when you go to work or school. No. Have that time enjoying Christ. If you can't think because your work is so, or your school work or whatever it is, just so busy, before you enter (laughs) your work or school, take a moment to pray. Or before, you know, those who are working remote, before you log in, take a moment to pray. Personalize who Christ is. And really ask, God, what is it that you want me to do today? Or what are you showing me today? As we start tackling our today, we start to see our tomorrow. And that's something that we are building towards seeing how God is leading us as a church how God is leading us as uh, families you know that are building this church as you know his individual sons and daughters and that's what we're building um, is that right perspective to be answers to those who really need uh, this gospel